I looked at the weather and I was like, oh yeah, the high is 85, cloudy, rainy day. Right. It's going to be cool. And then I walked outside and I was like, Ugh, soup. Vocal fam. Hello. It's soup here in Mississippi. It is soup here in Mississippi. I walked out and I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> and didn't miss this. <laughs> Summer is leaving as soup. It is. Also, you, you look at the weather cloudy day high of like 85 and i'm like oh that's not bad at all like this is gonna be kind of pleasant It'll great planned my outfit accordingly walk outside and i was like oh gosh the mistakes i have made soup <laughs> and i'm stuck with those now it was too late soup vocal fam soup here we go theme song <laughs> You're listening, You're listening to the Vocal, to the Vocal Fry, Fry Podcast, Podcast. Your, weekly your weekly dash, dash of, voice of voice science, science pedagogy, pedagogy, and pop and culture. culture. Coming, Coming to you to from you the third, the third format, format, everyone's, everyone's favorite, favorite buzz, buzz song. song. I'll fix that. That was a little loud. <laughs> Sorry, Vocal Fry. Not if you only have one side of your headphone on. <laughs> well, also, we're on the weird headphone amplifier, so we actually don't get the sound that they're uh... getting. At, at the quality that they're getting, so they're getting, getting it. it like shouted at them. Well, that particularly was. <laughs> anyway, Sarah, how you doing? Tired. Guess what, Vocal Fam? It's just us. It is. It's like truly old school. Like we're actually like oh. sitting here in a room looking at each other. Yeah, not looking at the computer, having that weird moment of oh gosh, which person do I look at in the screen? <laughs> That really stresses me Have out. Have you like, had that moment this year, Vocal <laughs> Fam? Have you had a moment where you've looked at each other and stressed out about who to look at in the screen? I have that all the time. That's, again, I think I said this way back before any sort of pandemic craziness. Like, I am not particularly good at video chats. I don't know where to look. I'm like your, grand- right. I'm like your grandparent, kind of yelling at it vaguely, not convinced that you can hear me. I don't know who to look at. No one has ever yelled on this podcast. <laughs> I would like everyone to know. <laughs> we're really talking very... It's the mics. The mics make it sound like we're yelling. <laughs> no one has ever yelled on this podcast, no. ever. Right? Never. Oh, man. <laughs> there was never any yelling, Vogel fam. Um, oh, my gosh. Sarah, how's your week of teaching been? Um... Honestly, brief. Uh, one of I, I've had a few students out for reasons. Little, little quarantining. Little quarantining. Yeah. So and like legit quarantine. So not even like, hey, let's do a Zoom call. Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna make this up. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of that going on here. Rehearsals are going along well, though. Got another one this afternoon. Woohoo! Opera's rolling. We'll have heard everything by this afternoon. Yeah, I know. I thought about that. I was like, oh my gosh! And then it hit me how we were talking about last week how we're only going to have three musical rehearsals, and we're already getting with one piece to musical rehearsal two, and I'm like. Oh dear! <laughs> I'm not even the one singing it, and I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> Vocal Hopefully fam, how are how are your too. how are your rehearsals going, Vogel fam? Yes. We hope you're having rehearsals. Yeah, and I hope you're not going oh no in your head. I hope you're wearing masks to that do too. your rehearsals, or that you're at least vaccinated. Something, something. Uh, but we're rolling. We're rolling. It's we're fine. All just, we're all just getting by. It's fine. You do what you gotta. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, how about that's you? That's right. Uh, it, was a, it was an interesting week. I saw some globs. Well, we're going to get to globs. The, uh, we're okay, going to get to globs. Because this morning I was like, I just, I've got to ask about the globs. Like, I didn't know if that was on the agenda, but it was on my agenda. No, we're getting to globs here <laughs> okay, in a second. Good. Uh, but no, you know, students are... Uh, finally having lessons like real lessons i hate teaching in a mask with I, a passion i much preferred doing online with no masks honestly, i gotta say same because it's so hard especially so all of my students are students that have never taken voice lessons before well and and my some of my freshmen have never and taken a voice lesson before. yeah exactly. and so it is so hard to like one i mean just their mouth shape or seeing trying to figure out how to communicate like certain exercises exactly like uh like the trumpeting exercise like oh, i had a oh student, my gosh it's almost this was impossible exactly, this is exactly what i was talking about on social media this week because i'm one like of, this can is i just one of the take a picture I wanted of myself and show it to you well, like what do i do right and so you know 
so what she's talking about vocal fam is just like like the puffy cheek exercise yeah like, like just lightly puffing out your cheeks maybe your lips i actually direct my students to puff out their lips um smart. Uh, i actually send some airflow specifically at like the mustache area not that all of us have a mustache. I was going to say, I'm teaching like, a lot of if girls. You, if you ha- imagine it's kind of you, offensive. <laughs> imagine you had, well, not necessarily. Imagine you had a mustache, but p- toward that upper lip area. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll just, you know, that's the noise. Yeah. Uh, Very buzzy. Whatever. It's it's a great SOVT. It's very similar to a straw. I actually think it's the most occluded SOVT you can do without moving to a straw. Well, and you can do it in a mask. And you can definitely do it in a like, mask. Raspberries, like, raspberries are hard One, I love lip trills, but you can't do a lip... Well, maybe you can you do a lip can. trill in a mask, but it gets... Anytime your lips hit the mask, it really throws you off. Mm. It's also, if a student's never sure. done a lip trill, there's really no way... Like... Like... The, the trumpet, the, the, oh gosh, I forget what you just called it, but. Uh, puffy cheeks. Puffy cheeks. Puffy cheeks is what I I can at least, it. like, quickly, like, pull down my mask, not make a sound, but show them what their face would look like. Yeah. And put my mask back up. Mm-hmm. Just, like, a quick glimpse. And then they can usually figure it out with some, yeah. like, direction. That's right. Yeah, I had one student, I mean, because you're, you're totally right about the disruption of, like, a lip trill or a raspberry. Like, you're definitely running the oh, risk raspberry. of the raspberry. We're, like, the licking mask, the like, inside like, of your mask. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we all want. <laughs> I'm not spitting all over Sarah, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that that's... Uh, Maybe we need to save those for after the pandemic. Although I was doing them all year last year because well, if you're I could see everyone in their own lovely video, aerosolized yeah. space. A much simpler. And it just <sighs> makes, if you've got a student who's never belted or really anything, like, I don't know. It just, you're so reliant on seeing a face. Well, and it's so interesting too, like, with the, again, vocal fam, I didn't teach in a mask all year last year. Like, just. Full disclosure, I did not teach one lesson in a mask until this school year started after this Delta hit because not oh, because I was, say, not because um, I was teaching in person. Big caveat here. <laughs> yeah, big, yeah, big. Um, but because I was I was teaching all of my lessons on Soundjack and yeah. and or or Live Lab and Clean Feed and uh, online. And and I so like and, and my private clients are still a hundred percent online. Um right now i mean because none of them live in mississippi <laughs> it would be it would be difficult for my 14 or so private clients to have lessons in person when just fly out once they, a week <laughs> they, they don't live here but uh so obviously those lessons are, are are no problem but but gosh i'll tell you what vocal fam i feel for y'all who have been teaching in masks for 18 months mm. months not month <laughs> 18 is a plural number yeah um my jaw is killing me teaching in the mask. My yeah. ears are sore. My jaw is sore. So vocal fam, I just want you to know that I feel for you. Like for those of you who have been teaching in masks for 18 months, oh my it's, gosh. It's rough. And like, especially again, with like the newer students, they're so quiet. And then you put a mask on them and I'm like, Sarah's teaching some non-majors. I am. I'm teaching non-majors. And, well, because, so, I mean, I taught in masks last year, actually, because of where I was. But they were students I had had. They were not new students They were not new students to me. Right. So they already were familiar with most of the exercises I liked doing. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's easier with the ones who you've had before, right? Yeah, I knew their voices enough. And also, I had gotten them where they would actually sing out. So that if they did try to sing quiet, I could just be like... How am I supposed to hear you right now? Yeah, what, that's what are you totally doing? right. Yeah, I have noticed that like the students who I've been on this journey with, yeah, and who ta- I taught all year online last year, or they know your teaching for style multiple a little years. Bit. We've just been able to kind of with the masks hop right in and kind of just operate un- yeah. uninterrupted. But you're new. Um, but the noobs. It's a little ooh, rough. Ooh, the noobs. It's a little rough. So I had one gentleman. I, I posted about this on social media, so forgive me, vocal fam, if you're hearing this story twice. But freshman, um, I actually found out a non-traditional freshman, meaning he's actually had a couple of years out of school. Oh, cool. Um, and so that I'm, I'm immediately more interested in that student because they've had a job for 18 months and 
had I've to live some life. Had to live a little life and and whatever. Uh, exciting music education major, um, not a performance oh, major. And that is exciting. Uh, um, yeah, it's great. Uh, I have a lovely actually group um, of new students. I'm very excited about in in school. I have a I have I have um, uh, two uh, definitely young tenors. Um, exciting. Who are definitely tenors. Um, going to be able to do who are both good musicians um have a couple uh who are very uh one or two who are definitely kind of baritones okay bar baritone ish baritone like baritoners or well we'll time will tell okay where they <laughs> actually go i think one is actually a baritone that's nice um, and i'll Love a baritone. you know whatever and and the other one is the kind of voice that is an undergraduate we're just going to learn how to sing as efficiently as possible and that's huge yep. and it, also a music education major and we're just going to learn the best rep we can in the range that will allow us to and do it depending <laughs> on if the voice figures out how to turn really well maybe bump up at the end but i'm i'm, I'm cool with just Sometimes just singing efficiently it coast. is but the anyway, goal. But a bunch of nice young voices. Anyway, this one young man was in here, and uh, I, I I went to introduce. Like So up to this point, I've been do, doing basic diagnostic stuff, like you all do vocal fam, right? At yeah. first, you just need to hear people sing. Why are you doing a lip trill if you've never heard them sing? Well, and also, like... I'm not going to try to assign you a bunch of rep when, like, I don't know your voice. Exactly. I don't know your life. Right. Not, no. Well, and, and on that point, I've, I also love it with the new students. Do you do this, Vocal Fam? I love in new student lessons. I just taught a new student in China yesterday, actually. Ooh, it was that's a, exciting. With lo- lovely soprano voice with remarkably clear vowels. Um, really nice. Already has a master's degree. So, like, oh, a fabulous. professional student. Um, sang in a whole bunch of different styles for me yesterday. It was a really lovely lesson. Sang some, sang some um, American musical theater, sang Fabulous. some Chinese art song, and then sang some like traditional Beijing opera. Oh my gosh! It was quite the lesson. That sounds delightful. It was, um, but really, really, whoever taught this individual soprano. Um, had really gotten a sense of how to get vowel colors. Um, it, it was some really nice noises. Needed a little work on E, but... Uh, E's rough. You know, thank you, Ken Bozeman, for how to teach you yeah. vowel. Um, <laughs> but anyway, no, what I was going to... What was I going to say about that? Uh, uh, the boy. Yes, going back to the young, the young man. <laughs> going back to the young man. So, uh, you know, and he's very baritonerish right now like you know solid we don't know what the voice will do he's he's young i buy that yeah and um, has an interest in musical theater but wants to do music education whatever um came in and uh, like i said i had been doing diagnostic stuff that was what i was saying had been doing diagnostic oh yeah you were gonna ask what do we do oh i know what i was going to say (laughs) what i was going to say about that is also I love having them sing a song. Oh, yeah. Well, it have tells you them so sing. much. Have them sing a song in that first lesson. Get to hear how they sing a phrase, right? Yes. Yes. Well, it also tells you kind of like, what are their musical interests? Like, what kind of music do they listen to and like? How do they envision their voice? Yes. If they think this is a song that suits them, like, that tells me a lot. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, that song does not suit you. Yeah. Or it does. I had a student that I thought. I was very concerned because when vocalizing and just doing some stuff, I probably should have just started with the song. I was like, oh my gosh, the student can only match five pitches. But then I had them sing a song. I was like, yeah, whatever you feel is comfortable in your voice, blah, blah, blah. And lo and behold, lovely. Much more range than I would have guessed. Matched pitch. Granted, it was acapella, so maybe they were matching pitch. I'm also not familiar with the song, but it was so but much. But there was more pitch inflection. There was so much more to work with than what I had initially imagined. And again, yes. also told me a lot about the student. I used to have that experience, you know, years ago. Look, we were all young once, right, vocal fam? I, I used to not think to have them sing a song right away. And my poor musical theater singers at the early part oh. of my teaching career, I would just start vocalizing them, you know, and the fur by the, by, oh gosh, I can't, apparently <laughs> you I'm can't not, do that. You're apparently not gonna I'm be not the going piano. to raise the <laughs> piano, but you know, by the first, by the first lesson, I'm already going, 
because you have to do a lip trill on a five note scale. Absolutely, um, unless you're in a mask. Uh, I mean, uh, lip trill on a five note scale, or it wouldn't be a voice lesson. Nope. And um, so anyway, but how would I know how they sang? And then what would be worse is, of course, like I'd want to like because we'd have a foreign language art song requirement, and <laughs> so I'd want to get to work because they had never sung in a foreign language, yeah. and it might be a few weeks in till I had even heard them sing something from a musical. And so now I've got like these preconceived ideas. This, is, year, this is years ago, vocal fan. This is not how I do it now. And I, 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 I would, and then I'd finally hear them sing something from a musical and be like, "Oh, why didn't you tell me you could do that?" <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that that's not how I teach now. Now we actually, uh, you know, do music in the first lesson. That was what I was suggesting. Anyway, back to this young man. <laughs> well, you're oh my there. gosh that was a roundabout we are way to get getting here. there <laughs> so we've done all the diagnostic stuff it was probably his third lesson something like that and um I, I, so i'm i'm going over a lot of this week was kind of core concepts not abdominal core but like core concepts of what it's like to study with me uh, so a lot of puffy cheek stuff getting yeah. used to setting up airflow um setting up buoyant respiration okay like the panting stuff the staccato panting stuff don't go to sleep computer um like that kind of stuff um register breaking and balancing you know the the, the broad range All right. you know chest head mode one to mode two whatever you want to call it vocal fam i don't care um but 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 diff- different configurations of airflow at the glottis um setting up setting up stuff like that already so that we can you know break it down build it back up mm-hmm. you know and, and, and just new concepts but but rolling through them and most of the students were very responsive like i said i have a nice group of 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 um new students and um very responsive and, and then of course immediately starting the idea that everybody wants to over open their ah vowel mm-hmm. um particularly young tenors and baritones and basses yeah yeah ah! i mean i feel like and the then sopranos they want, get in there too and then because you know the answer is always drop your jaw far and push more air through it just as far as you can just just as hard as you can push that air through that so big bump. big jaw space so this is i mean i've got a few sopranos <sighs> okay. that would be tempting anyway yeah but um this individual came in and I was I just I was just like okay here we go we're gonna just do this puffy cheek exercise we're just gonna and I started guy uh, vocal fam I started without pitch we don't start it with pitch okay we, we just go oh, okay 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 just like we just the, make the, the general noise. yeah yeah we're just we're just going you know we're, we're, yep yep we're there <laughs> you got it you got it right you got it right guys so I mean um so, so that's how we're starting. This individual, I, I, again, not being able to see my lips. And I should have just, before we did it, just lowered my mask, shown, shown them what it looked like. That's what I had to do. Just a real quick, just look. This, and, is, this is it. And, I mean, all of a sudden they went to do it. Uh-oh. The head went up. Oh, no. Every vein in their neck. Oh, no. Popped out and just. Oh my gosh! And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> This is the moment where y'all really needed to see what was happening here. So, <laughs> this will never be a video show. <laughs> um, we're grateful for that. So, so the poor, the poor individual. Um, he about killed himself. I tried a couple of different ways to just speak around it. Yeah, just to yeah. instruct around that. I was like, no, 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 not that. No, no it's very, very it's minimal easy, effort. easy, not loud. And we were not getting there. In so for like, I I probably let it go on for two minutes. And after two minutes, I was like, okay, <laughs> we're gonna go away from this. Vocal fam. This is one of the things I wanted to talk about today. We got there. When you are teaching a voice lesson, 
Maybe you have a pre-programmed series of exercises. Do you? That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, right, no. Sarah? No. Okay. That's cool. We're cool. But what happens when Susie, let's just randomly call this person Susie, walks in and... It's just not happening. Your series of exercises is making this individual tight. Horse. <laughs> that would be quite... quite. That would be impressive. But let's just say it's making them very tight and obviously uncomfortable. Yeah. So, Vocal Fan, what do you do? After you sip your coffee. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming you sip your coffee first and take a moment to think. That. Or you're just like, just give me a second. <laughs> just just hold on. <laughs> Do you first go on to just your next exercise in your plan? And then what do you do if that one doesn't work either? Because I did go on with this mm-hmm. individual, this Barrett something, medium male voice. Yeah. And uh, we tried something else. And it also kind of made them... Out of curiosity, was it another semi-occluded vocal tract exercise no, it or was, just totally... it was... We went to a vowel sound. Okay. I think we maybe went to a... Maybe I did incorporate a, like a... Con, like I think maybe a voice TH. Okay. Like okay. a V, 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 or something like that. Yeah. And it also was not... Happening. Giving me the effect that I was hoping for. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And so this made me think back to one of my students who's out working right now um, has had a lot of success post-COVID here, currently in their fourth straight gig since since May. Um, And um, uh, just nonstop work. Yeah, it's impressive. It's awesome. In in regional theater, larger regional theaters. And... uh, was thinking of going back to thinking at the beginning of their training. And so this student had come to me with prior voice training. Mm -hmm. They had had voice lessons. And so I was not their first rodeo, as it were. And with that individual, and actually this student, this freshman, Mm -hmm. also has previous voice training. Okay. Did have some voice lessons. Okay. That's, in, yeah. Maybe not many, but... A few, some. But had some voice training, had been in musicals before. Okay. And choir. Okay, so it's not like singing is a new... Completely new thing they're Thing to them. But anyway, going back to this other student. Uh, they came to me and we would try to sing an exercise mm-hmm. on any pattern or any noise and their entire abdomen, neck and body would lock up. Yeah. And the top of the individual's range when I started teaching them was F sharp 4. Yeah. About, yeah. Very much like a baritone which has been what they had been told that they were. They so aren't. <laughs> and uh... So anyway, fast forward with that individual, I decided that for a year, we were just going to use speech-based noises with no pitch. Oh. And so we would come in without, like, assigned pitches. Yeah. And so we would come into lessons, and for the whole vocalizing period, we would go, whoa, Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Hey! 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 Aha! Ah! We. You are so lucky that that individual is the type to just roll with you on that. <laughs> just rolled with it. Came from an athletics background. Well, yeah. <laughs> and just took the the instruction, the coaching, and ran with it. Yeah. Yeah. And within a year's time, we did start doing some more traditional vocalizing. But 
within that year's time of not vocalizing on pitches, we increased their range to have a high B flat as hey. part of as part of the range. Had I stayed true to my normal modality, which does vocal fam full confession, I teach scales and patterns and arpeggios. Well, how dare you? And well, I know that no. there are teachers out there uh, who are really getting away from any kind of scales. Okay. And just making noises. Chris Johnson had just posted something about that. Naked vocalist, uh, former host or, or host of the naked, one of the hosts of the Naked Vocalist yeah. um, podcast. And I mean, you know, not not all voice teaching. I mean, if we think back to Tom Burke's, you know, Animal Farm noises. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, not all singing teaching has to be one whatever your modality is. Mm-hmm. Two, it doesn't have to be... A five note. Uh, Why do we always go to the ninth? I don't. That's you. Oh, okay. Well, I always go to the ninth, vocal fam. Yeah. Someone in their practicum class made everybody learn to play the nine-note scale, and you had to do it, you know, up and down, and, like... Give me an why, octave. Why We're fine. You, why would We're you do an octave? Rolling. Oh, that's so awkward. It's not awkward. I think it's awkward to sing. No, mostly because... No, no, no. <laughs> but that was what you had to do. This could be the you point where we start yelling at each other. in front of the whole class. And you're sitting there. You've had two years of piano. Hey, but piano is important. Remember our it episode is. with John Nix and Lorraine Sims? Now you're a voice teacher Oof. part two. Holy moly. I was feeling that earlier this week. I was trying to play very basic Bellini. And y'all, I just, it was not in the key of D. But I really wanted it. to. It was in G. <laughs> but I really wanted it. To be you really wanted every, that G sharp? I wanted the C sharp. C sharp, I mean. I apparently really you wanted, wanted that C sharp. Sarah I wanted kept, that C sharp. I had to keep apologizing to myself. I was like, I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. You know what key I do that with, though? Hilar- funny enough, every time I play in the key of B flat, I want to <laughs> turn it into E flat. I buy that. I put an A flat in. And you're just like, I'm sorry. I, I'm like, sorry. I'll be playing. Like, I, my brain, when I play in a flat key, it's just, it just wants to have one. an A flat. Like, I, like ah, <laughs> gosh, I struggle with that. Yeah, I feel Because bad. tenors don't sing in B flat. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, t- tenor Who's singing keys like A flat and E flat. Um, I just wanted to be a little more complicated. And D flat, which all have, have A flat. Oh, it was rough. It was rough. But yeah, don't, I had that moment. Don't have a tenor sing in F. Oh. Mm-hmm. F is a generally bad key for everybody, though. F. F is a terrible vocal key, vocal fam. Anyway, yeah. so here's my just early in the year plea to everybody. If you've got your exercises and you've got your modality, congratulations. I am happy for you. And you That's should, a great starting and point. And you should use it. It is a great starting point. Or whole point, if that's just, you, just what you do. Just realize that the person across the room from you might not respond to it. Nope. And then you got to adapt and evolve. And had, the question is, what do you do when you adapt and evolve? I had that moment when I was when I first started teaching, and I take my little my little middle school students, and I was like, okay, let's do a lip trail, and they're like, what's what is that? And What's I was like, a lip trill? Yeah, and I tried to show them, and like it was just not happening. It was not happening, and I was like, I can either spend this whole lesson trying to teach you how to do a lip trill, yep. or we, we could actually just sing. Move on and do something else. And, and there might be a lesson where it might be valuable to sit there and teach them to do a lip well, trill. We with all because I mean I would say the majority of them could. Just could not do lip trills we would i would come back and revisit it with them period like pretty regularly because i was like if you want to sing someone in your life is going to expect you to know how to do a lip trill so we may as well deal with it like i'm not gonna spend a whole lesson i only see you 30 minutes a week but we we are going to keep coming back to this and most of them could kind of do one when i left so that's great yeah real accomplishment hey you know, but all that you got to you take your wins, vocal fam. I did have take that initial wins. initial moment of like, I have a choice here. Yep. <laughs> we we can either just 
only do this. We're both going to get frustrated. That's You're it. already frustrated. Or we can just move on. That's it. That's it. Anywho, so one other topic I wanted to get to today. Speaking of evolving. Evolving. Oh, dear. Vocal fam, do you know what I finally remembered to change in my undergraduate ped syllabus this year? What? I finally remembered to actually put respiration last and actually flip everything on its head. And you've not been saying just, you've been Well, I've that. been starting with perception. Which kind of flip? But then it? I forgot to move. So th- this this time, I uh, so as I do, I started with... Uh, sort of some philosophical things <laughs> from from Kari's book on evidence-based voice pedagogy and and, and, and this like that it. and the other vocal fam if you don't have Kari Reagan's book a systematic approach to voice the art of studio application available from plural publishing sponsor of the vocal fry podcast you should go buy Kari Reagan's book because it is one of the most important books on the market for voice pedagogy mm-hmm. right now. Anyway, so I, I started with some philosophical things from the early chapters of Kari's book and yeah. just sort of setting up being an evidence-based model of that, that we're valuing scientific research, that we're valuing teacher experience, uh, singer experience, and that we're also valuing student what you know student outcomes and expectations, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, then I moved on to perception, and we did some classes on perception. I broke okay. their minds. Yeah, um, you break it down so you can build it back up. R- I get it. Right, you know because the fundamental doesn't sound like e on an e vowel. <laughs> it sounds like ooh. And the buzz in an ah vowel doesn't sound like ah. It sounds like e. Love it. Anywho, so we broke down listening and we start, then we moved to listening to some singer singing examples of elite singing, listening to their component parts and what have you. I've been mm-hmm. doing that for a while now. I finally remembered to immediately after that go to resonance. Oh, love it. <sighs> okay, so finally, I actually remembered to restructure the wholeness of the course, not just not just move one not thing just to the move f- the right. Yeah. All right, all right. How's that going? Well, either yesterday I totally Uh-oh. lost a room full of undergraduate sopranos, <laughs> or I convinced a room full of undergraduate undergraduate sopranos why this stuff matters. What did? It could go either way. What did What did you do? <laughs> It could go either way, vocal fam. It could. I mean, I believe it. I believe it. It could. It could either spin out of control really fast, like a truck flying down a hill with no brakes. Oh. oh. Or it might ease into a nice parking spot right at the front of the lot. Time. Time will tell. Wait, but like, why? Well, okay. So I decided this year. I've been I've been sort of, you know, following Dr. Howell's work now for long enough. And Dr. Howell and, and Kayla Godero at New England Conservatory have been working on things um, in the time pressure domain of spectrograms and uh, considering uh, looking at models that are actually very old. So, vo- vocal fam, if you remember Sarah and my article from Voice Prints, yeah, um, that we call the Path, Path of the, of the Warrior, Warrior. Um, and more on that to come in a future episode. But we talked about one of the decisions that you have to make when you're either learning voice acoustics or teaching voice acoustics, resonance is you have to make a decision about like the fact that there are multiple models yeah out there to that you have to consider right mm-hmm. okay so and i'm looking forward actually to having some time with sarah in the lab and being able to take her into the lab yes cuz we have one of those and now. and and just be able to show her some of this stuff um now that we're in person again and That's i can kind of catch her up on you know i was going to say Everything that I've learned um, from from Dr. Howell over the last couple of years. Anyway, one of the decisions you have to make is like, 
what model of human voicing you're really basing your discussions on. And this year, as I struggled with that, rewind. If you read a voice pedagogy textbook, Vocal Fam, and it includes chapters on resonance, anywhere from Venard, what was the first edition, 1949? Venard mechanism a technique up through well Kari's lovely book and through uh you know Scott McCoy's Inside View 3 mm-hmm. uh even even Ken's Practical Vocal Acoustics mm-hmm. all which are all lovely oh yeah and incredibly valuable voice scholarship but all of those follow a voice production model of linear source filter theory. They may mention non-linear source filter theory as well, but they're all based on a model of particularly source filter theory. Meaning, and if you don't know what source filter theory is, you can read any of those lovely books Mm -hmm. to catch yourself up. But the source filter theory of voice production basically states that the lungs produce a power source of air, which is applied force to the glottis. At the glottis, there is a noise that is made by the vocal folds chopping air. Now, whether it's the vocal folds making the noise or the air column making the noise, I'm not going to get into this. I'm not. No, I don't think so. But I'm not going to get into that right now. Okay. Do you still use the puff train? Let's no. Let's 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 not get into that at the moment. Okay. Um. Uh. But somehow through the vocal folds chopping the Mm airstream in the source filter model, the vocal folds chopping the airstream creates a glottal buzz which emits a fundamental frequency and then a series of overtones, Mm -hmm. which we often refer to as harmonics. The fundamental would be the first harmonic. If you're referring to overtones, it would be the fundamental and then the second harmonic and on, because the second harmonic would be the first overtone. Or you could refer to them as the Tizza Consensus Paper 2015 Jazza does as oscillating frequencies. But point point being, those are created by the glottis, somehow and the air being chopped over and over and over and over again because in order to have harmonic sound something has to repeat Mm -hmm. the pressure period has to repeat okay the pressure wave of the period has to repeat itself multiple times because just one repetition of the period (laughs) does not create harmonics Okay. Okay. So in other words, for harmonics to arise, they have to have repetition. Mm -hmm. It has to keep going. You can't just have, that would actually have harmonic sound probably because it was too long. But you see my point. Yeah, one one thing wouldn't, you probably wouldn't even know. We probably do that all the time. Great. And then then the source filter theory says that the vocal tract, your epilaryngeal tube, your pharynx, whatever part of it is included, and your mouth filter either by eliminating parts of the spectrum with anti-resonances or by boosting parts of the spectrum with resonances. Mm-hmm. In other words, those resonance, those resonances of the vocal tract engage with certain harmonics, creating spectral peaks on a spectrogram. If we use the fast Fourier transform, uh, which is the mathematical formula that we use to create a spectrogram, And those radiated peaks, we then refer to as the big F word, formant. Okay, now, and then we could get into, according to this model, blur, 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 things of how the first and second resonances impact the the harmonics and impact the vowel color and the third, fourth, and fifth either might make the singer's formant or add to the buzz and other things that we could talk about with source filter theory. So I did present to class yesterday. Yesterday was just models. Okay. So you did the linear source filter theory. So I spent a lot of class 
sort of going over the basics of linear source filter theory. We did cool. the whole chair exercise because I have a large enough group. I spread 10 chairs out across the room. Oh. The chairs were harmonics. Love it. And then I put three of them way at the end of the line of chairs. They were the third, fourth, and fifth resonances, and okay. they didn't move much. And then I had the other two act as the first and second vocal tract resonances. Oh. And when they were at a chair, they were, and then we configured an E vowel and an A vowel. And then we went from E to OO and we went from A to O. That's cool. So that one stayed and one moved. And then they went into AH. You see, the, you see. Yeah. And then I put visual representations of spectrograms up like that. Yeah. And, and whatever. It was a fun little exercise, right? That is fun. That's neat. Right. And while we were doing that, we talked about, look, as Ken said, I think, on the podcast when he was just on, we know from Brad Story's work that every three millimeters of movement in the vocal tract, the entire spectrum changes. It's not, but we also know that there are generalized ways in which the physiology can relate to the radiated peaks mm -hmm. or what are called formants. Radiated peaks meaning the result on a spectrogram, not the resonance of the vocal tract. Yeah. So we know that um, lip rounding lowers everything. We know that lip spreading raises most things. We know that vocal tract shortening raises all the resonances. We know that vocal tract lengthening lowers, lowers them, etc., etc. Okay, we know that a constriction toward the front of the vocal tract creates... Uh, a low first you know peak and a high second peak we know that a constriction toward the which is an e vowel in case you were wondering and and and, and so on and so forth and i i went through all this and, and and i'm sure that you know if you really wanted to we could actually just do an episode about that again because it's been a while it since has. we've done one so as sarah and i start by the way sarah and i are going to start playing in the lab again yeah because uh, so that'll be fun and probably hear more about that on the podcast as the year goes on. Exciting stuff. From the Mississippi College Voice. We need we need a name for it. Mississippi. We can't call it Voice and Sound Analysis Laboratory because that's what Ian calls his at NEC. So we need to call it something Mississippi College Singing Research Laboratory, SRL. I don't know why I immediately want to start making like little anagrams of everything. Like, there's no need to. I know, but I, I immediately think, I'm like, Sir. I think everything needs a brand. Brand, <laughs> voice lab got a brand, theater brand. MCSR. Yeah, we're working on branding our stage productions here at Mississippi College, and oh, I forgot Tyler was gonna. I'm hoping that we're just gonna go with my stuff. idea from last week, but um, more well, on that we'll later. See. Yeah, who knows? Next week we might have one. But so going back to globs of timbre. Yes. Okay. okay. So when so did you do the broken after dome? after I presented the nonlinear or excuse me the linear source filter theory? Yes. There is a theory of voice production that goes actually way before that called the transient theory of voice production. Okay. So let me play, and I'm hoping these are going to come through on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> It'd be very awkward if they okay. don't. Okay, <laughs> Sarah, put your headphones on. Oh, okay. You should be able to hear this, okay? Let me know. You, you, you got it? I think so. Let me turn your headphones up a little bit. That's good, because if I'm supposed to hear something, I don't. Hear that? Is that literally just supposed to be like a pop, pop, pop? Yep. Okay, good. Here's another I one. I here's a, here's a different one. Let's okay. go back to the original one. Is this supposed to be me perceiving that one sounded higher than the other? Well, we'll get there. Okay. Now, what you just heard was the click of one period of sound. Oh. Would you like to hear what the actual sung sound that I recorded sounded like? Yes. This was at like 7.30 this morning, vocal form, <laughs> so no judgment of Pernus singing. Oh. Okay. So I took from those sung samples... One single pitch period. That's wild. 
of each of those samples, my, of each of those vowels, I should say. Now, so here's the E. Now, let me do this and play it a few times in a row for you. Okay. Okay? This won't be together. This will sound like clicks. Okay. <laughs> now, let me actually loop it for you. Oh. Okay. I think that's the wrong one. I think that repasted the ooh. Sorry. Oh no, that's it. No, that's that it. had to have been surely. <laughs> okay. Now, here's here's the other one. Now let me loop it. Ah, whoops. Maybe. Now, here's the interesting thing that's that, that, that here's the interesting thing from a conceptualized standpoint. The voice literature that we have in VoicePed, and this is all thanks to Dr. Howell. This is not anything Perna came up with on on his own. <laughs> and it, and there have been people talking about this for uh, literally over a hundred years, but they didn't have the science to prove it. Okay. Um. Uh. So this is literally considering just one pitch period and one, you know, you could consider it glottal cycle, I guess. Yeah, okay. And so our, the, the, the source filter model says that in order for resonance to happen, mm -hmm. a resonance has to interact with a harmonic. Mm -hmm. You tracking with me? Yes. Okay. Does one pitch period have harmonics? And we said, or we would have said no. Correct, because what does it not have? It doesn't uh, repeat, repeat itself. Is, yeah. If it doesn't have repetition, can then it have, have harmonics? You shouldn't. No. But like. But one pitch period does have the resonance. Okay. Which means that if we put that one pitch period on a spectrogram. And the globs! We, and we zoom way the heck in in the time domain. Okay. All of the timbre information of is the there. resonance is present in the first glottal, in one glottal cycle. Okay. In a single period. Okay. Okay. The globs. So this would actually suggest that like linear source filter theory would be an perhaps an incomplete way of considering okay it doesn't mean that there's there's not not necessarily good principles to withdraw from it yeah but it definitely gives credence to non-linearity i love non-linear source filter theory M meaning if the resonance is there already if it exists that's now there's other things that Source filter theory, for example, de demands that in the soprano voice, as pitch keeps getting higher, that the lowest peak in the spectrum, because formants are peaks, right? Yeah. It means that the lowest peak in the spectrum is still the first formant. Yeah. Except what happens if the fundamental frequency is above the glob of timbre that is the first vocal tract resonance. Uh, we, I mean, it would mean that the first peak. Mm -hmm. You might call it the first formant, but it's thanks to the second vocal tract resonance. Oh, okay. In other words, calling it there's a perfect example of resonance and formant not, not being, being interchangeable same. terms. There's like there, there's like the rationale by itself, which goes back different. to who did all the original voice research? Men. Oh. <laughs> what did they care about? Male voice. Male singing. What's not male singing? High treble singing. Yeah. So. Yeah, because. I then once I played. You know, obviously, when I was playing this for them, Vocal Fam, 
<laughs> they were like, yeah. That is some clicks. So, and then I was like, okay, now I'm going to take that and loop it. I think that cut out some high spectral information when I looped that period. Um, but the same thing for the ah. And that was me very crudely doing this vocal fam. I just did this in a jiffy this morning. Don't think that this was like this was fancifully measured science. <laughs> okay. This was like this is just games with audacity. Um but it's it 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 was the first year that I've tried to present source filter theory and transient theory beside each other. Yeah. Like, or what you might call decay tail theory. Because all of the coded resonance information is it's in there. that one pitch period prior to harmonics rising. Now, you could also say to yourself, okay, but what are the implications of that? Well, there are some. That for one thing, I think it helps us think about the information easier. Um, but I also think that there are some application things, particularly for treble voices, that this becomes important for. I would even argue for treble belt voices. Um, so anyway, mm -hmm. anyway, in addition to just your you know lyric soprano singing her high B flat. Um, <laughs> anyway, I just you know. We were talking about things and going off the beaten path and, and whatnot. And uh, this was just a change that I finally remembered to make and that I was also finally brave enough to say, okay, I'm not just going to present resonances and oscillating frequencies this year. I was going to say, year. this is quite a deviation from that. Yeah. I just was no longer comfortable only just presenting source filter theory. Well, especially, I mean... You're mostly teaching treble voices, and so who are mostly going to teach treble voices? Right. So why not present a model that... Helps better explain their singing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not that the other isn't useful, Well, it can explain some things And it, it can certainly give you like a lot of practical application that they will use. Here's the other thing. Just one other thing about it very few of us really understand because we're not computer programmers or mathematicians nope. exactly what the fast yeah. Fourier transform is doing to a complex pressure wave you got me there <laughs> okay this kind of goes back to Chen okay <laughs> okay so how, why would we believe that an organic being, like a human, mm -hmm. would necessarily produce a perfect mathematical sequence of harmonics? In other words, the fast Fourier transform is looking for the harmonics. Okay. Are we really sure that that's what the human body is doing? Every single time. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Anyway, just some big picture chew on that vocal fam questions. Mm, that uh, last one, like, that last one hurts a little bit. Uh, like, why would a mammalian organism that doesn't create anything else like in perfect mathematical Like a bunch of irregular soft tissue ah, being. Ah, and there it is. And, that's, and that is, that's, um, mm hmm Okay. Uh, that, mm -hmm. Anyway, vocal fam, point being, there's still a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot we don't understand about human voicing, right? singing. So if you're out there and you're a doctoral student somewhere and you want to do some projects, you know. What or, else would we even look for, though? Or you're a young voice investigator. <laughs> what, what else do you even look for there? <laughs> 
How do you know? Perna's, Perna's too mid-career to pick up even more research lines, so I'm just trying to stick with telling people things that I think are awesome <laughs> and sticking with my in my lane of acoustics and nasality and laryngeal manipulation. Remember when we used to investigate that? Laryngeal manipulation, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah we it's should, funny how, like... We should come back to that. Often that that is a useful thing to show people, period. The the, the massage? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We should we should come back to that, Sarah. We should. We should. I make Jamie do that, like, on a regular basis. You know, just like, uh, now that, you know... What would the implications be of mask wearing and, like... On, because we talk about tension and taking laryngeal manipulation, and you know what I mean. Like we've all been wearing masks, and you were literally saying earlier, like, "Oh, my jaw is sore." Oh, like, what are the implications of mask wearing on like tension? And yeah. could laryngeal manipulation be used to help with that? Probably, maybe. Who knows? Uh, we definitely need to on our next project incorporate um, survey data of the user experience. Yeah. Like we need yeah. to incorporate that. That needs to be an important step of that we that we take. Yeah. That was um uh, Peggy Baruti and, and Kari's recommendation and I think even Marcy mentioned it on when we did the Nats chat. That's smart. Last yeah. year was that we needed to include some Well because all we did last time was we we had them fill out like the vocal help. Yeah, but service, we can but use the, the we same. can use the ease the ease document yeah um and and have them sort of self-document where they feel they are before the session after the session um that that kind of thing and i like that yeah. so we can we can we'll bring that sarah and i will bring that back it's just we'd also like to take some empirical measures and i gotta tell you vocal fam i'm not really excited about having people sing into a flow mask right now with no mask on who might not be vaccinated yeah in I'm... my presence with my device yeah. So, but but I will say our numbers in Mississippi are headed down from the Delta surge, and I hope that yours are too, and that you're staying safe in these times, and uh, mm-hmm. and that you're having a great start to your semester. Um, we promise there are better times ahead, right, Sarah? Oh yeah. There are better times ahead. Anyway, so that was uh, that was. Gosh, it's been a long time since you and I did, like, a voice episode, just us. I know. This feels good. It is. It is. And, like, we're back in person. It's just different. Yeah. It's different when you're, like, on a it's computer. Good. It's good. Woohoo! Anyway, Vocal Fam, we hope you're the having voice. a great week. We're here for you. Yeah. Um, uh, Sarah, what'd you have for breakfast? Oh, I had toast. Was there breaking avo- your brains. Was it millennial toast? Was well, there avocado no. on it? No, but you want to know? Oh my goodness! So Kroger's a grocery store down here. Don't know if y'all Sarah's have a millennial. If y'all didn't know that, technically I'm borderline, but yes. Let's I just am. call millennial. her a millennial. Probably. So Kroger click list. You know where you just put in the order, you go pick it up. Yeah. I had done that for we moved. Yeah, woohoo. Yeah, right. Got to get some groceries because we had nothing. No food you know. in the house. Yeah, you, you're you starting both, from you scratch. You both already had jobs that had started. And yeah, you're starting from scratch, though. Like, we we didn't even have butter. And that's where they, this is they going. They didn't have an onion. We did not have an onion. Had to go buy an onion. Um, But, so I put in my click list, and I wanted, like, you know, you can get that little tub of the spreadable butter, like yes. Land Lakes, good yes. stuff. I put in for that just a little one. I send Jamie to get the click list order. He's bringing it back. I'm unloading it. And y'all, I I don't know. Did you order the vat they of spreadable butter? They sent me a vat of, it's not even spreadable <laughs> butter. It's, it's buttery spread. It's 40% vegetable oil. It oh. says it on the front in big letters. Sarah buttery got the buttery spread. spread, y'all. It's Kroger brand buttery spread. She got like like country crock, y'all. Cute. I don't even think it's like country crock. Because usually it'll say, it'll say compare to, and it doesn't say that. Oh, geez. It just says buttery spread, and it's huge. I don't know what we're going to do with all, but it's also all we have. So this morning I'm making my toast and I'm like, all right, buttery <laughs> spread. Y'all, I turned to the bread yellow. I'm scared. Having a, uh, we go through a lot of butter in my house, vocal fam, because having a diabetic son who basically eats keto and myself most of the time eating keto, 
uh, we go through Ooh. a lot of butter. Um, well, but, don't uh, do the buttery spread. It was a mis- it's not okay. good. All I right. mean, it's it's making it work for now until I can buy some just normal butter. But no avocado. No avocado. That's good. I'm really bad at buying avocados. The first time I bought one, because I, I do actually enjoy avocados, and I do enjoy avocado toast sometimes, not like all the time. I and there it to, is, vocal fam. Well, I went to buy one, and I didn't know how to tell if an avocado was good, so I just bought the hardest avocado I could find. Oh. I was like, yep, nice and ripe. Fun fact, it was not ripe. It no. tasted like soap. It yep. was very hard to cut open. Yep. So don't buy the hardest avocado you can find. There you go, vocal fam. Don't do that. Yep. Mistakes were made all around. Well, listen, vocal fam. We'll be back with you next week with uh, Dr. Liliana Guerrero. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about inclusivity, diversity, equity, and accessibility. Exciting. Um, uh, that is one of, her, one of her one of her research areas, and um, we're excited about hosting Lily on the podcast. Yeah, so. always fun to have new people. Ex- and I mean, if you didn't realize that inclusivity, diversity equality and accessibility was a important issue in our world at the moment. I was going to say, it's not something you can just kind of And you ignore. should come back next week. You really should. <laughs> All right, vocal fam, that's it. We're out. Peace. Bye.